This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Foy and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm losing my voice, but I'm still excited. You okay? This is, yeah, it's just hard to talk this long. Uh, I'm just thinking your listeners don't know that you've been speaking for a long time. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> They're hearing you now for the first few moments of this broadcast. I don't so, have a voice left. So okay. get it together. All right. All right. Today we're going to welcome to the program Kim Gravel. She's a television host, entrepreneur, public speaker. In 1991, she was at the age of 19, the youngest Miss Georgia, or one of the youngest Miss Georgia at the state's pageant, in the history of the pageant. She went on to represent uh, her home state, the renowned Miss America pageant, and she's a popular keynote speaker, specializes in areas of women's empowerment, inspirational motivation, beauty, and image perception. Kim, welcome to the program. There you are. Thanks for having me. Our privilege. Let me, let me just start with... Uh, Women's issues generally are, you know, we, my, Bob and I spend an awful lot of time obsessing about how to motivate millennials. Are you, are you encountering anything unique about millennial women? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah big bet. time. Yeah. I love the millennial conversation. I get in trouble with millennials by having the millennial conversation. But, um, yeah, it is, it's, Millennial women, it's a dichotomy, Dr. Drew, because on one end, it's the sexual freedom and you're texting naked selfies of yourself to to boys and you're trying to woo them with your sexuality. And on the other hand, you know, we've got this glass ceiling and so you're the sex object and then you're trying to break the glass ceiling and the middle of the road, middle young women are like, where do I fit in? You know, you've got your role models of Hillary Clinton on one side and Kim Kardashian on the other. And that is a big swing. Talk about a, right yeah, and that is, left. That is a large um, territory to cover. And and let me ask these women that you're talking about that are sending these pictures, How what age group are you talking about there? Yeah, um, Dr. Drew, early, as early as 10 and 11 years old. Okay, so you need to start educating women. I don't know about Georgia, but in California, every time they ask for a picture, send a picture – or hold a picture. Each one of those is a felony child pornography. Each five one, five years, each five one, years in the state of Georgia. Each one is a separate charge. Yep. Every time they send a picture, and yep. in this state at least, you'll be forever on the sex offender list. You will not go to college. You will not yep. get a job. They, and they, they, and when I when I told kids this in high school, when it, with Lisa Lisa mm-hmm. Stroman has also been on this podcast. Uh, they went, oh, you're being too authoritarian. Like, no, it's not, these aren't my no. laws. These are the laws of the state of the land of California. And then they went, oh, you're hiding that from us. The government's hiding it from us. Like, no, no, that's the law. You just didn't know it. Uh, how do they respond when you tell them about that? Well, I, you know, and I don't tell them. I have a, 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 
a family prosecutor that I always bring when I'm dealing with something like that because that's she not She brings my the authority with her. I do too. I bring Lisa Stroman. Yeah. yeah. That's really not my gig. I, I'm, I'm more interested in their emotional and mental and self-image well-being because it is a very confusing world for women in general, but much less these young women who, quite frankly, Dr. Drew, it, this kind of stuff is coming after them. It's, it used to be when I was growing up, you know, we went outside and we played at 10 years old until, you know, my mom hollered to come in and have, a, you know, a home-cooked meal with the family. Now it's everything is so in transit. These kids are so busy. They're under so much pressure in their schools. Their parents are practically absentee. And so they have to have a voice, leadership, some kind of guidance to know exactly where they fit in and, and, and how they fit in and how important they are and special and gifted and unique. And so, you know, I don't tackle the legalities of it as much as I do of the emotional and self-image um, that they hold about themselves. Yeah, Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, I get that. And and I, it's something that I always you know asked about frequently, and I, I still don't, because I'm not a female, I don't quite get, mm-hmm. why they subjun, subjugate themselves to the male, <clears throat> particularly at that age. But even later, they, they, want to, uh, they want to claim behaviors that men do sort of instinctively we'd rather not do. You know what I mean? Uh, like like somebody was telling me, I I think it was uh, Catherine was talking about Amy Schumer, and he goes, she's she she insists on being the promiscuous drug ad, you know alcoholic drug addicted, and doing all these things that that men do because hey we can do it too, and he goes, look I used to do that stuff I did it because my body told me to do it I wish it didn't I don't feel good about it you shouldn't mm-hmm. be claiming what's worst about the man, but they do. Well, and in in these. I don't know any girl that feels good after doing that. I mean, I am a girl and I, I've not always been Susie Sunshine either. I've made my mistakes and you live, you live. I always tell the young girls, this is very graphic, but I say, you know, your vagina really is your power. (laughs) You know, it really is for a long, long time because that is something that I think is very sacred and very intimate and should be earned and not just thrown away and given away. Like, you know, you're throwing, throwing a dog a bone. I mean, you should really have to work for that. And it's not about being religious or holy or even a virgin. It's about having that self-image and that control over yourself to say, you know, you're going to have to work for this. You better put a ring on it, Beyonce, because you're going to have to work for this. You made me laugh. It, the, 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 the vagina is your power for a long, long time. <laughs> well, and I was going to say the other word because the P and the P, the alliteration really goes well. But I will save you that graphic uh, you know, yeah. that graphic wordage. Do, but, I mean, do they the respond truth. to you? Do they respond to you when you tell them that? Um, yeah, it's almost like they know it instinctually that that's the case. But I think society and I, your body, just human nature, I mean, it feels good. So they want to go for it. But to have that restraint and have that discipline and have that chase, the chase is so huge. You guys are two dudes. You get it. The chase for a dude is everything. And quite frankly, you, you're very simple creatures. Oh, yeah. I've said this. I say this to women all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, feed you, have sex with you, and build your egos. We've got you for life. I mean, it's very easy. <laughs> That's it. It's very simple. No, I was, and I, I think I think women are sort of deflated by how simple men are. It's like really him too. He's just that simple. It's like no, they they're very very very. You know, women, women are like flight deck of a seven forty seven. We're just hamstrung a wheel. So there's something that I. <laughs> some, 
I love that. I'm using that one. There's like, something know, right. that, that's always interested me multi-generationally is how, how men are kind of – there is a commonality of men and there's a camaraderie amongst women that women, uh, men that doesn't exist amongst women at that age of, say, 15, 17, 18 to 28, well, 30, they, they 32. They turn on each other age They 12. turn on each other. Then that's mm-hmm. the objectification of the society. That's what the Kardashians are. Mm-hmm. They will not be the Kardashians 20 years from now. No. And when they all look like their mother, they will not be able to objectify themselves the way that they do. And I find it disgusting that mothers and other women and young women support that. As a man, I find it offensive. Wow. I like you. <laughs> well, I just a- had a daughter and I've reclaimed everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every man should have a daughter because you really see women in a different light when men have daughters. And I totally agree with you. I think I say this all the time. Really, men haven't changed since the dawn of time. You guys are really, like I said, you're, you're very steady you're, eddies yeah. when it comes to what your desires and needs and wants have been. I think women are the ones we can't freaking make up our minds. We can't decide who and what we are and how we fit into society. Look, women have always been the backbone, the neck bone, the tailbone, the hip bone. We're always been that steady um, grounding for a family and even in communities and even in business. I see, you know, this, this it's the old timey secretaries that really made the business go. It's now the personal assistants. It's now these women in corporate America that are making these businesses really hum. But, um, for some reason, we can't break the glass ceiling, so to speak. We can't get past our sexuality and use it as power and not as just a pawn to get what we want. Because women are complicated, gentlemen. We're not easy. There's yeah. nothing easy about us. And we'll turn on you in a heartbeat. We're like vipers. <laughs> yeah. Turn on each other. Turn, yeah, we'll turn on anything and everybody, depending on what time of the month it is or if we need, you know, whatever we need to get. I mean, that's just women. That's how, we, that's how we're built. That's how we're made. What I want women to understand is it's, it's, it's not about body image or trying to get a man or keep a man or whatever. If you'll be who you were created to be and stand in your purpose and what you've been put on this planet by your maker to be, you have so many men flocking to you, you couldn't beat them off of the stick. You'll have so many opportunities in business that people will not be able to get rid of you or fire you or pay you less because you'll be so um, irreplaceable. And that's what I try to teach. That's what happened with me. I'm going to be real honest with you. When I got that about myself, I, I took off like a rocket. Well, let me explain again what that is. I'm going to try to caught it. Um. What do you mean that? I'm sorry. Well, you say like, what's the once I got that? It, you, oh yeah, it's 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 this knowing of why I was created. And and, and that's a little vague to me. Help, help me understand what that means. Um, a purpose. It, it's what um, I wake up every day and do because I love to do it, and I know I was made to do it. Is, is it's that, a is, reason for being. Is it's, that is that everybody has a different purpose like that? Oh, or? I think everybody yeah. has a huge purpose, and it's different for everybody. Good I purpose. truly believe it's a, a unique. Um, I want to say the word call or, or, or um, occupation, for lack of a better word, not so much a vocation, but an occupation where there's something that you are gifted and talented to do. And I think it's your job to figure that out 
And it's so difficult to do that, Dr. Drew, because everyone's telling you what you should be. You should be taking off your clothes like Kim Kardashian because she's rich and she has a big booty and she's on TV. So you're supposed to be want to do that because really that doesn't take a lot of talent to do that. So if I just show my booty on Instagram, I'm going to be like Kim yeah, Kardashian. The, well, the, well, let's go back just two generations, 20 years. People okay. were measured. Why is Lucille Ball famous? She's famous <laughs> because she's the greatest – Comedian in the history of television. Mm -hmm. the, the modern social media phenomenon that we, I don't want to pick on the Kardashians, but they're the, the girls of the moment, right? Yeah. They are not, they, do, they are not talented at comedy. They are not writers. They They're are not politicians. Anything. They are just famous. Right. And so the society agrees in that fame is the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way a 14-year-old or 15-year-old girl seems to me nowadays to be able to be celebrated, which is what celebrity is, is to send naked, a naked picture to a boy. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? They I don't do. even sense it as the objectification of themselves. They just see it as some sort of celebration of self. Do you understand what I'm saying, Drew? Yeah. Right. yeah. And we've got to move away from this. We've got well, to. The sad thing about it is there's a lot of bodies laying on the floor after the fame is over. There's a lot of, there's a lot of murder death kills after the fame is gone mm -hmm. because fame doesn't fill you up. And neither does a roll in the hay. But what will fill you up is when you get up and you accomplish something or you master something or you learn something and you, you put your hand to something that is what you're made to That's do. That's why I'm interested in your I, – I read the, the, your bio thing about the ugly ducklings. I love that because the ugly ducklings are the ones achieving goals academically, as, uh, in sports, in, mm -hmm. in music – because they're not the objectified, you know, sorority sister or or prom queen. They are the ones achieving the goals that young women should be achieving, and then just genetics kicks in. Happened to most a lot of my friends. Louisa was a tomboy, mm -hmm. and then you know, at twenty, just like whoa, here you go. <laughs> yeah. She could be a you know a model. Yeah, but she was sports. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And we're getting away from that. And and the only real successful people I know are people that were ugly ducklings in high school, to tell you the honest truth, because they're the ones fulfilling the goals of, of middle school and high school, because everyone else is caught up with social media and being fabulous. Hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. I totally get it. And you're, you're dead on, because it's easy to do that, though, right? It's very easy to be an internet star. I get so tickled, because... You know, I'm in TV, and that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother world. <laughs> God love them. But, I mean, it, it, it's like a flavor of the month. It's the hype of the moment. It's, it's, I know so many successful women that, that aren't even highlighted in the media. I mean, I'm talking multimillionaires, women that are built companies from the ground up, women that are, that are, and are beautiful, and they're gorgeous, um, but you really don't hear about that, about women in the media, because I will be honest with you when I say this, and I'm probably going to get some backlash for it, but I don't care. It's the truth. Most women really, when it comes down to it, and, and if they're not, if they truly will be honest with themselves, most women really want a man. Mm. 
And I hear the crickets crickets. Right <laughs> well, I, I can't mean, believe you just said that. Well, but, <laughs> but, but, and, I, and I shouldn't say it, but it's, it's really the truth. But hang on, hang on, though. Well, hold on a second. But what, what does that mean? Wait, 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 what wait. Does wait it stop, mean? stop, stop, stop. <laughs> why is it different to say, well, most men really just want an intimate relationship with a woman? Why, why is why does I don't one, think that's the case. I don't think most men wake up when they're little and because I have two boys that are eight and ten, and they really have no interest in the little girls in the neighborhood. <laughs> but the little girls are already interested in my little boys. Yeah, I think that. And listen, and I, I mean, I'm even talking about se- women, and because I can't just generalize and say not even same sex couples. Women particularly just have that desire to have that to nest of. The nest. Oh, yes. We love nesting. We, and, and the women that are on social media, including the millennials that are this women empowerment and this feminist movement and all this, and I'll talk to them and ask them a few questions, and they're like, yeah, well, I'm dating this guy, and they turn into this whole girly girl. And I say to the girl, look, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. I love my husband. I love my children. I love my nest most of the time. It is hell and hard work about 98% of the time. The other 2%, I love it. But it is we. There's nothing wrong with wanting that, but that can't be your purpose. You know what I realized, Drew? When I was in college in eighty to eighty four, eighty three, seventy nine to eighty three. <laughs> you have to figure out. What I'm trying to that. figure out what year it was. But I'm talking about. There was never a question of whether my girlfriend Cherry Lapuma or my best friend, who was a woman, was equal to me. There was no dialogues about equality. In in my generation, same, same here. We just assume yeah, all of a sudden now yeah. it's it's this nothing is equal. And I know half it, my class in medical school was female. Boom. Yeah, that was and it, it was not an issue. No, not an issue. Uh, I, uh, I uh, are we going thing, backwards? Are we going backwards? Well, I mean, just intellectually equal, academically yeah. equal, yeah. Uh, intellectually, it just did never came up. And now all of a sudden, that's all you hear the last five ten years is about this well, inequality. Well, this is what I want to say to. I mean, I don't think we're equal. I think we're a little bit superior. If I'm, I'm always be said that. <laughs> oh, we agree with that wholeheartedly. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah, wholeheartedly. 100%. I don't think other the continuing of the species can go through Drew and I, <laughs> <laughs> or any of our kind. And I don't say that in any kind of. I mean, I say it slightly in jest, but no, but I, I don't say it in jest. I, no, I, I've I think, seen it. Yeah. It's rad. No, no, we feel like we feel like the qualities that the female brain has are particularly for today's age much more. Substantial, needed. I kind of, I kind of hearken it to this example. Like when, when I was like in my twenties, and I thought, and, and, and the the women in the room are totally going to get this. This might go over the guys' heads, but you girls that are listening, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you're in your twenties and you you look in the mirror and you think, oh my god, I'm so fat. Oh my god, I'm so fat. And you say that, and then now when I pull out a picture of me in my twenties, I'm like, I'm freaking smoking hot. <laughs> what in the world was I talking? Yeah. And I think Michelle, put I your think, microphone on. Absolutely. Why, why would you do that well, to yourself? And I'm not trying to blame anybody. No, no, I mean, no, 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 no. Listen. Blame- well, let me, let me blame somebody. Let's drill into my wife. Why would oh, you, are you asking me? Well, any of three of you. But why would, yeah. you, why would you have – why do you think – what is it about the female psyche that you would look at your 20-year-old self and think there's something wrong with it? 
You compare to whom? The magazines? So right. Oh, yeah, we've got everybody. You compare well, to every, yourself to all the other Kate women. Moss or models in Big magazines. Big butts were not cool when I was in high school. <laughs> I wish I knew that they were going to be worse. It was until Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> but Sir Mix-a-Lot was 1981. Well, I knew black guys liked me a lot. <laughs> they love me too, honey. They love them to kill. No, but, but we're all we see ourselves in the mirror. It's all based on how our, our parents treated us. No, right? yeah. I don't think so. And in particular, your father. Yeah, if my, my What's dad he would go, you, oh, you've gained a little weight. He's going to treat you sexually. No, 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 no. Like, no, no. like he wanted me to look good all the time, and I, and then my, you know, my the way your friends too. I think actually he would he would he'd be sort of annoyed if I. There's that patriarchal society. The fathers, the fathers objectify the women not in a sexual way, in a way of you're never going to get the right life if you wait, don't be wait, a wait. certain right. that, that's way. That's true. However. I can only imagine either of you that your father said that to you once in your entire life. My right. my dad my dad told my twice in twice no. in your entire life. Yes, and you made it a huge deal. No, my dad would tell me when I put my it away. dad would say that my sisters were fat. Really? Yeah, yes. it was but a let thing. Let me say this too. My dad would say to me, I think this is, and it clicks in because I mean I don't want to give dads a bad rap, but dads have so much power in their young daughters' lives. Yeah. They don't even begin to know. Yeah. Dads who take a passive role in their daughter's life are really um, failing as a as a father. What, what is? What do you mean by passive? Um, just letting mom run the house, letting mom speak whatever she's speaking into her, her daughter, not really having these conversations with their daughters, not talking about sex with their daughters, not showing for me. I, I remember Opting my father, out. this was, a, this I was a sense big that I feel that. Yeah. It's, but you're so right. And this was a big turning point for me. I remember one time I had gained some weight. It was after I had my first baby and I, I put on like 50 pounds and I just felt horrible about myself. And I didn't look bad. Looking back, I didn't look bad. I'll take it uh, now. But looking back and I went over to my father. I remember my mother was not home. I had my infant son. And listen, I was in my 30s, gentlemen. And mm-hmm. I was sitting there talking to my dad and I was crying because I didn't have anybody else to talk to. My mom was gone and my dad was retired. And he looked at me and he said, babe, you're not a fat girl. You're just living like one. You're <laughs> <laughs> That's some Georgia shit right there. <laughs> you remember the words that came and out. I just remember. He said, that's not who you are. That's just what you're in right now. That's who you are is this and this. And, this. and I just remember going, oh, God, I love my father. You know, I mean, he, that he even took the time to sit down and just just talk to me about my issues. Now, he couldn't even begin to understand what I was going through. He never birthed no baby, but he he took the time. That's what I would say to dads. Just sit down and don't tell your daughter that she's beautiful, fakely at a daughter-daddy dance. <laughs> don't lunch, breakfast with her. Sit down and say, what's this? Who are you dating? What's going on? Just, just, just be her boyfriend. Engage and get engaged with your daughter. Just be her boyfriend so she doesn't have to to really look for for that kind of validation outside. Why are girls uh, so insecure though in high school? Like I I'm looking yeah. back and thinking I'm so different now than I was then, and it's just is it the hormones or how? What is it? Drew, Skim. I just had a set of nuts in high school, and I didn't know what to do with them. I was really ballsy in high school, and very and I see a lot of girls that want to be out there and doing something. I didn't know what to do. So I just protested the football team because I was in the orchestra and I was a total geek and I, I, I didn't know what to do, but I, I had enough chutzpah to get out there and do something. And so 
when I see little girls out there with any kind of little something, I try to just, I just try to direct them in a, in a way where they can just, even if it's not the perfect thing for them, they could just get out there and have a little, have a voice, have some balls. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And Susan, what did you ask? The what? Well, I, I just feel like, is there a biological so reason insecure. that people, the women are so insecure? Well, that's what I was trying to get at. That there yeah. ha- ultimately well, there has to be something genetically or biologically that, you just as a sort of as a posture or position or a motivational priority, you know, we we when we're growing up in adolescence, whatever that biological priority is, what is what comes through. You, we can't screen our frontal lobes are shut down. We can't screen much of it out, so it all just you know it just manifests. Uh, and to sort of blame it all on society, it's like no society just amplifies yeah. whatever is. It just makes things worse, uh, or it fights against whatever our proclivities are. But but trying to shut down the proclivities are really hard to do that. I mean, when we doesn't don't... society say that though? Say what? So so the coming of age is thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, right. You're supposed to not engage in sexual activity, go to college make something of yourself and in your early 30s after you've made something of yourself then that's when you think about having children right that's the norm okay that's how my daughter is huh so is that that's coming Polly from has. you guys or is that coming from society I, that's I what think i'm saying soci- i mean i think it's, it's not society. coming from biology drew right well they but if you don't get that's to it, lobe if stuff. you don't get to it by your 30s you're, it's not going to happen i know so so i'm saying this whole f- focus of of what has to happen before you do that. Oh. That didn't exist oh, until no, the last 200 yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? For sure. So so why are you saying that social... No, social... no, 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 no. I'm saying that whatever, you know, Susan was asking sort of, what were we asking? What why the, women are why so insecure. Why they're insecure. They're insecure. It's the biology. Yeah, there's some biology there that society makes worse by showing being, them images and things like that. What about being brought into being able to procreate a human being? Isn't that happening? What do you mean, being blind? Yeah. Puberty. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That's the hormones. That's what you yeah. said, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a crazy thing that I don't think has ever been measured. Oh, the impacts of the hormones are massive. Massive. Well, <laughs> of how it, how it impacts self-esteem and emotional. It's, it's, absolutely. There's whole theories. There's whole schools of Okay, so, so how come there's no, there's no theory or philosophy in the schools to, of how to deal with it. There is. They, they just what? don't know how to deal with it. Because put, a, of, put a promise ring on your finger and don't have sex? That's a that's a social norm. No. They, they, you're talking about something very... I mean, there are whole disciplines called adolescent medicine, you know, and adolescent psychiatry. It's all they do. It's all they do. But most kids like don't this. interface with that. They interface with the school. I, I'm just saying that people are trying to figure out what to do with this. It's hard. It's hard. And, and it's well, just, and I think it starts where your validation lands. Like, I, I just know women put a lot of emphasis on um, their external beauty. Our, our, we feel like we're validated if, um, first and foremost, because of the way we look. Would you ladies agree with that? Yes. I think that, that's, that's what the message is, wherever it's coming from, whether it's biology or whether it is, you know, socially. I think that women and young girls feel like, I mean, even my 70-year-old mother values the way she looks. Like, we go to that first. I don't think men have that same kind of... It's more these days. It's happening more now, but it doesn't happen as much. To me, I think, yeah, sure. I think it happens a lot these days. It's happening more. more. But but uh, the other thing is, like, I mean, think how women treat each other. Why do women turn at each other age 12? And and the women that develop breasts or look particularly attractive, what happens to them? What do their peer female peers do? They to get them? ostracized. They get abs- not more than ostracized. They get they get clobbered by the female peers. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think that is? Why competition do you guys- for the male attention. That's exactly what that is. 
and that's biology. Yeah. And no one helps the kids deal that's with that. That's what I'm saying. Is there's, they, they, there's we have a to pretend, don't ask, don't tell to, attitude about well, puberty in the schools. No, no, because that's saying men and women are different. You can't do that. You can't say they're different. Ah. Yeah, I know. And so, and so you can't, you, we can't possibly acknowledge that there's, there, the biology is totally different. The motivational priorities are different. But you'll hear it. I heard it at Elvis' school. Boys will be boys. Yeah. What does that mean? That's, that's an they admission of difference. Right. Like, that's for instance, an admission of called, difference. That's why the principal of the school said that. Well, I'm surprised because you didn't hear that 10 years ago. But, <laughs> but like, for instance, rough and tumble play, it's called. Yeah. Rough and tumble play exists in all male mammals when you inject them with testosterone. Once testosterone comes in, all male mammals are engaged in rough and tumble what is play, the thing about and none weapons? of the females do. What is the thing? Elvis has the thing now. What about right. like having something that cause and effect that shoots something? Well, the, he's the, obsessed with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's at a distance. Things yes. at a distance. Like, well, we're designed. We're, the one thing we do more than anything is throw. That's one thing we're evolved to do. That other other nothing yeah, he else had a can bow do. and arrow out this morning. Yeah. Girls aren't yeah. going with bows and arrows at seven yeah. years old. No. I might have been. And, My grandmother was an archer. And the and the until she's eighty five. The Freudians had a whole theory about this. The bow and arrow. The whole th- oh, thing going at a distance. Oh, the, you can't see that at home, ladies and gentlemen. But but, the, but, but that was a going out from the center of Doctor Drew. Outward. Right, right. But but doesn't that feel? Yeah, that kind of feels like right. That, that feels like what that is. And I that's, think I had a lot of testosterone though when I was younger. <laughs> I she's, do. She's like, I, I think I did. I didn't really like girl stuff. Like I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. Yeah, but not liking girlfriend, not having girlfriends. Who, who knows what that is? You did know, you know, like these me? are complicated. Did you like bows things. and arrows and guns? Well, yeah, because my grandmother was an archer. No, she, she ran didn't. an archery no, club. She liked. She idolized her grandma. Did that stuff. She didn't pick up a bow and arrow. Well, yeah. so, I know, but so. still. I well, liked- my grandmother had a gun, so we didn't need the bow and arrow. There you <laughs> go. That's what I'm talking about. What was grandma's name, Kim? Mary Elizabeth, and she she was truly um, a Southern woman to the core. So she she was packing. Bless her heart. (laughs) (laughs) What is is that thing about Southern women? What what would you say is the what typifies that Southern belle? Huh? That's a good question. I, I, you know, I think I think all of us women are the same, just in different ways. I mean, it doesn't to me. Being from the South, we just probably eat a little bit less healthy than you definitely do on the West Coast. When every time I go to California, these people don't eat. No, to <laughs> me, know, I mean, to what? me, it's the uh, it's to me, it's Vivian Lee and Gone with the Wind. She oh, knew wow. everything, and she portrayed like she didn't know a thing. Right. So, it's, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. We are the most obvious underdogs for sure. We play that part well, but you know, women women are a lot smarter than. Um, people really know. I mean, I, I, you are very evolved men and you very to very, sounds like very strong women. So you, you, you understand, but women are, um, we're just complicated and unique and fabulous. And, and I tell you what though, if you have that sisterhood, if, if you can foster that kind of sisterhood with a group of young girls, it can't be broken. It's, well, it's well that's, that's what I was going to say is women make great friends of one another, but they also treat each other very poorly. And if we, if we could, Get damp some of that down. Really help young women not treat each other poorly. It would, it would, yes. they, they traumatize each other. You're, wait till your daughter hits age twelve. You won't believe how they treat each other. And, and we need each other. And you do, and you make great friends, and you have certainly a deep capacity for intimacy with your female peers, and it, it determines your mental health to a certain extent. So I, I, I agree with you 100, percent Kim. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> 
All right, it is fall, and your immune system is about to get tested, everybody. Not only does the changing weather mark the start of cold and flu season, it's also back to school time when kids become walking Petri dishes. While catching something may be inevitable, there is no excuse for letting yourself get dehydrated in the process. So when you're wiped out with cold or flu, the first piece of advice, always to drink plenty of fluids, but we seem to forget that. Now, once you've started feeling dehydrated, it's already too late for water or sports drinks. Rapid rehydration requires the proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water, and nothing gives this like Hydrolyte. Hydrolyte's formulation is based on established, proven science, and it is the simply best rehydration product I've found in this country. Hydrolyte comes in great flavors, orange berry lemonade, and it's available in a pre-mixed drink, powder, or what I prefer, those effervescence tablets. You just drop in a glass of water or a bottle of water, off you go. It's like your own portable IV, but you can do it enterally. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-use, easy-to-follow instructions. You can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or online at Amazon.com. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 30% on Hydrolyte. Just click the banner on our site, drdrew.com, and use the code drdrewhy, D-R-D-R-E-W-H-Y at checkout. That is D-R-D-R-E-W-H-Y. And we're back going to talk about eating disorders. All right, Kim, we're, we're well, not wrapping it up. Just, we're going to continue. The only it. reason why I'm saying that is because I remember when my daughter went through puberty and she was a figure skater and Kim, you still there? I am. And yeah. she uh, she didn't seem like a, a kid that had an eating disorder. And we found out he she had one for seven years when she was in college. And it, I, she seems like she had great self esteem. She, you know, I mean, it's our kid. I know that she wanted to be thin, but I think she wanted to be thin for me um, because I was always kind of thin. But it, I. I never in a million years thought she would be have an eating disorder. And when she came out with it, nobody believed it. You know, it was just really astounding. But then I had all this guilt because I, you know, Drew and I did everything in our power to, you know, not to help our kids and, and you know, give them all the right, you know, the right tools in life. But it was just, it was really astounding to me. But I just, I always, I know that, she wanted to skate and she wanted to be thin enough to skate and it just always broke my heart but I also think about the girls and how they all related with one another and how this all could have you know we knew the kids that had eating disorders and we would do you you really want to go down this path well I think it's why Uh, (laughs) because you would want Pauline to be here if if we're going to talk about it without her present no I know but there's a lot to be said and I just want to know if that's, you know, what it is about women that they do that. No. It, Men like, do it. Not. I didn't have any. Men do it. Men do what? Have eating disorders. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it's more prevalent than people know. It's coming across now with the exercise, exercise, yeah. buff, buff, well, buff. Yeah. But in my generation was you had to be thin if you were going to play music. You look at Dave Gahan, you look at Perry, you look at, you know, the, everybody's got to be skinny. Yeah. And it's all modeled after Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, Paul McCartney, Iggy Pop, right? I've met all four of those. They're all five feet tall. 
It's not that, it's not that yeah. hard to be thin yeah. when you're five well, feet tall. I would, I would love to ask Dr. Drew about yeah. this because yeah. I, um, from a medical standpoint, because I've dealt with this with so many girls that come down the pageant modeling beauty path that I'm, that I'm in. And the pattern that I'm seeing that I'd love to ask you about, Dr. Drew, is to me, it's this sense of control that these girls have. It's like they feel like they have this control over one part of their life. Could, does that make any sense yes, at all? No, that's the superficial sort of version of it in, in a okay. sense that that's on the surface is always this control and it's, it's, it's almost always a power and control conflict with mom. Uh, but underneath that is trauma. Underneath okay. that is trauma. So, so yeah. one of the things that I think is parallel is football and pageantry and I'd like to – Football and pageantry. Well, we found out the concussions. The idea that <laughs> I would never, I would never allow my son to play football. I wouldn't. Yeah, it's too dangerous. Basketball, baseball. Those so what are you're saying? What you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> my, no, both my boys played but, football. But I know. But but the evidence you have now just doesn't make sense. There's lots of other sports it's to scary. play that are less less dangerous. You didn't play football. What? You didn't play football. Huh? You didn't play football. And, and and I will tell you, I agree with you. I don't disagree with you. But however, the reason I, I went with it with them is it was exceedingly important for me. The overcoming and the comradery and the it really yeah. and I. And but I, you can do that in soccer, basketball, not, baseball. No, because in in football you're putting it. And I and I was it, this came to me when I saw we put our kids in there like nine and ten years old, and I watched these kids go from nine and ten year olds to transformed. And I thought, God, what they carried themselves differently. I thought, what is this? Oh, I thought, oh, I finally saw it. They're putting themselves in harm's way. They're scared in harm's way on behalf of their peers and surviving on behalf of their peers. And putting as a male, putting yourself out there in danger on behalf of your peers in a controlled way, extremely transformative. Uh, it, it, uh, I, I know it was important for me. I watched it happen to a bunch of kids. And Every parent can decide. I'm just saying and, and there's I'm not a saying, big movement. And it may not of, be worth it. Listen, it may not be worth yeah. it. I get that. But I'm just saying it has its own sort of quality to it. You almost can't get any other way other than military. And I don't particularly want them in the military necessarily. Okay, yeah. so the, the, then the pageantry, Kim, is the other side of it. When you see t- uh, you know, t- that TV show in Tierras, right? Toddlers, and, Toddlers right. and Tierras. TV show in Tierras. <laughs> Whatever it's called. I have it on DVD. I like it so much. Wow. Because it's a study in the sickness and disease of the parents. Is that not correct or, or not? Well, so, yeah, that particular that is a very distorted, exploited version of pageantry. But I mean, we could say John Benet Ramsey. I mean, oh, there's oh. not a lot of good stuff you're hearing about. You know, five-year-old pageantry. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and we never train girls over the age under the age of thirteen. So yeah. I, I totally agree with you. There's there's a point where you know putting on fake eyelashes and lip gloss and stuffing a kid's you know pageant dress at five years old. I think that's a bit much. But um, pageants really are the are the football and the Super Bowl of 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 chicks. You know, I mean, that just, it, it really is. And I like what you said, Dr. Drew, about football, because I agree with you. My kids don't play football either. Cause I don't want them to get a concussion, but, <laughs> no, I don't play but she's for it. No, no, she understands what I'm talking <laughs> I mean, about. I am. I, I it's see good for like Suboxone no, with doctors. Yeah. I mean, well, he's a doctor. I would, I would trust him on that one. Yeah. It, it, it's pageantry is very similar to the football team. I know it sounds, I mean, some of my dearest friends, longest friends, 
I mean, Gretchen Carlson was Miss America the year before I went, and I still keep in touch with her, and I, I keep in touch with a lot of girls, and, and we really, it is a sisterhood. It's kind of like a sorority, and we give each other a leg up in, in industry and business, and, um, you know, it can be very, it's an experience, and I think once you go through that kind of experience together, at that point, you're disappointed you didn't win or whatever, but in the long run, it's like a club. It's a, it's a girls' club, and it's exclusive, and it's... um. It really, it really can be empowering in a way if you don't let it get you crazy. Right. I, you know, my daughter is great with girls' organizations. She has a ton of friends. She was in the GSL. She was a cheerleader. She was a figure skater. She always was around women. She, she has a lot of great women friends. So she was exact opposite of me. I was more of a guy's girl. I didn't guys really. Girl. I yeah. didn't have. I mean, maybe, maybe I let her. Or I turned her into that because I always missed that in my life yeah. but yeah. I always felt I just we were so surprised and I just I feel like she did want a lot of control she was like a super control freak and had to be perfect and I not to me but that was just the way she was it was her personality and she's come she's she's her own person now and she's had a lot of therapy but I just feel like the women do that to each other like we we somehow do that to one another and it's it's just you're talking about mothers and daughters yeah or? well peers and i mean maybe just but that's why we've got to change the dialogue with that's women what i'm saying i women. want the dialogue change and i can tell you right now my daughter will never be in a pageant whether she's 13 or 5 <laughs> or 30 she, yeah. the objectification of women in this country has got to stop and start well, measuring everybody on their intellect and what they their knowledge and their experience rather than what they look like and and i just think that we can't pussyfoot around about this. I, I really think we can't. And if we want a non-violent yeah, society, it, think- then we need to stop encouraging young boys to bang into each other and knock the shit out of each other. Yeah, I can't it, feel more it, passionately it, about this. I, right? I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. So we complain about our society, yet we let five-year-old girls get, dress up like prostitutes and be in pageants and all the parents sit around and watch. We let our eight-year-old and ten-year-old children beat the shit out of each other in MMA or football. I love and then we say, And then we say <laughs> we're a violent, objectifying society. I love it's kind of it, crazy, Drew. I know. Well, you, you yeah, but, is it, but is it more about, is it what they're doing or is it is it the intention and the motivation and the heart behind it? I think I think we have a lot of do and not a lot of not a lot of real dialogue and real leadership and real parenting. That's true. Real, That's true. We need to start caring about our kids and not what they do and achieve. There you go. We're what raising about, what about, Oh wait, Drew had a Drew was trying to measure that. What, no, no, I think it? I think that's right too. That, yeah, but then how do you get? Your but kid then how do you get your kid University. to achieve? That's right? the problem. How do you get them into that great school? But it's a yeah, fun. I, it's I, a fun I, thing. I, I, the school system stink to me. I'm sorry. This. I mean, I could just go on for Common Core and all that. It's not teaching these kids anything except how to pass a test. We've got to teach them how to think and how yeah, to make decisions there you and go. how to be morally now, conscious. Now we're on the same page. And that, that's what I think. But I think as adults need to have some sort of – we can't keep claiming that, that our society is going to hell in a handbasket and not take responsibility for what we're all contributing to it. And, well, then maybe and we that, need to teach the adults too because I've never seen so many grown adults that can't reasonably think in a common sense way. Common sense is not common anymore. It's
it's absolutely insane how people say, I don't know how this happened. Well, because you did A, B, C, and D, that's how it happened. But the idea, but both of you gave examples of pageantry and football as examples that your children have these great long-term relationships. I have a 30-year-old son. He was playing music at an, you know, amongst the community. He's still friends with all those people. All mm-hmm. the things you said that pageantry and football creates my son had he was neither in pageants nor in football friendships and bonds of young people will last a lifetime Michelle. right but, but it sounds like all of our kids had very present and, and mature and loving parents well, we got that wrong so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're <laughs> trying our best <laughs> No, but I I think it's that we want for our children to have these things. And I guarantee you, my parents didn't give a shit what I had. I come from parents who didn't give a fuck what happened in my life. And my life, I found... Heroin. No. That's not the only thing I found. You always minimize. Like, I found community. I moved to another city. I found friends that I've had a lifetime. And and my parents didn't steer me in any different direction. I played sports because other cool kids played sports. It wasn't my parents driving me to do things. And I think that's... We got to consider this stuff. No, but that, I, that that is a point village. well taken. It takes a village. No, no, really but bad. I think Bob is making a very important point: is that we we somehow this you know this parenting age group felt they had to micromanage everything and the kids, and I think yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of feeling that keep them busy and keep them in sports, they're going to be great, they're going to be fine. That yeah, but no, but our parents weren't doing that. Maybe your dad was. I, I know. I remember the cool kids played baseball, hardball baseball, when I was like ten or eleven. I went to where the field where they did it, and I asked, "Is there a thing that you sign up for this?" Then I went and told my mom, "I want to sign it. up for this." I told totally you, parents get it. are signing up for their unborn children's yeah, yeah. things no, right I, now. I get it. And but this, is where, the, but this is where the individuality of your kid comes in, because that's what I'm talking about. Bring it, not to bring it back full circle, but I'm going to. There's some kids that like my son is naturally gifted in basketball, so I'm going to encourage him in that in that area because yeah. it's he has a gifting that and he he really is good at it. And just because you can afford to put your kid in the basketball camp or the basket pay for them to sign up before they're even born doesn't mean that's going to be his gifting and talent. We need to look at these kids as individual human beings and not as puppets and what we want them to be. And that's hard as a parent, and I admit that, honestly. It's yeah, hard it to look at my kid and well, go... Well, that's what we did, and we did everything we could to let them pursue the, their dreams. And, yeah, but, they, but we, were, but we, we were still we were aren't perfect. You yeah, know, you can't... No, we, no one's perfect. And, and kids have a lot of pressures on them outside of the home. Some of the kids, the, the things that they're seeing and dealing with... I mean, and Dr. Drew, I know you can speak to this, but... I mean, I see the cell phones. I yeah. see the pictures. I see the yeah. pornography. Yeah. I see the aggressive behavior, the text, the bullying. It's really – we didn't have to deal with that, y'all. Yeah. We really didn't. That's true. Thank God. No, that's absolutely true. It, it, the, the, the kinds of things that are being confronted are different and dangerous and problematic. And younger. And younger. And we're seeing, we're seeing porn addiction at age 10. I Imagine can't believe that. That, that breaks my heart. I just want yeah. to cry. Yeah. We're seeing kids kill themselves when their girlfriend pulls a prank on them. Yeah. Did you see that I a couple weeks that. ago? Yeah. Unbelievable. So how, how do we do it? We need to all move towards the center and kind of have these dialogues. That's yeah, all. it's that. And, but I, again, it, it's, we're, always, we're all trying to do what's best for our kids, right? That's really the ultimate. It's all motivated from a good place. But it's all trial and, and error, too. And, and right. There's not a lot of good evidence you know that evidence basis for what we should and shouldn't be doing 
Except one thing that is pretty clear a bad thing is whenever we're compensating for what was or was not delivered to us during our own childhood, it ends Mm -hmm. up being excessive one way or another for the kids. And I think we, you know, and and there's always some kind of excess. I'm sure parenting goes through historical trends of being over, you know, there's what's the the book, the, uh, oh crap, the fourth turning. It's out there Mm -hmm. now. They 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 were showing how we go through these four cycles and it's due to the parenting. And they then these have historical sorts of antecedents to it. This there's nothing new. This is not something new. Any event, uh, Kim. Now we do actually have to wrap it up. There I you r- go. really appreciate Thank you being you here. Thank you so much, and, Kim. Uh, challenging us a little bit, and uh, we will look for you. Uh, is there a Twitter handle? Is that at Kim? Gravel, Gravel. This, everything's Kim Gravel. All right, all right, Kim. Thank you. We'll see you soon. That's another Thank day. You. See Bye. you later. And we'll see you all next time. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com. The Dr. Drew Podcast, the This Life Podcast, and the Adam and Drew Podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr. Drew's News. We're so grateful when you get in touch. We read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about. You live.